I was thinking about, can I be like Jesus? And wanted to share that in full with you, but it is important that we know that this is our message. Our message is about this one person, Jesus Christ, and whatever you get from him is sufficient. It suffices. Jesus, as if you could just dissect Christ and you would take one cell of Christ to ingest, it would be more than you could really fully realize in a thousand lifetimes. And I was thinking about him in light of a message that I had shared um, um, in, in Indonesia and even before Indonesia. And it was, uh, the message I shared before was, was um, Christ our high priest. And I shared this a bit for, before I went to Indonesia. And I was looking at this message and in it, Jesus was praying for himself. Then he was praying for his disciples. And in praying for his disciples, he, he was telling the Lord that uh, they were yours. These people were yours and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. And I looked up, I thought, let me just look up this word, you know, because in English we say your word. But in the Greek it says they kept your logos. They kept your logos. They kept your general revelation. They received it as from you. And they, 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 they uh, pulled it, as it were, to themselves. They kept that, um, uh, your word. And uh, then... Um, he says, now, now as a result of this general revelation, they have known that all things uh, which you have given me are from you. And he says, and he, Jesus then says in John 17, he says, for I have given them the words uh, that you have given me. And they have received them and they have known that surely you came from me. So when Jesus said those things, I thought, let me look up all of these words to make sure that I've got the right understanding. And, of course, the last one was rhema. So what Jesus was saying to, to God the Father in his prayer, he was saying that they received your general revelation of me, therefore they have, they, and they have believed all these things about me. Now, he says, I have, uh, they were yours, you gave them to me, and I have given them your words. And then he says, the words you've given to me, I've given to them. And this struck me differently than it had all of the umpteen hundred times I'd read that scripture, that Jesus was saying that, God, you gave me a rhema word. You gave me a specific word for me. And what I did was I gave it to them. I gave what was, was mine, what was meant for me. I've given it to them. I've blessed these disciples with it. Uh, so so the good word that God had given to Christ, that pertained to Christ, God has given to the church. So that means that Jesus being the only begotten at one time in his, in his existence, he was the only begotten of God, is now as a result of the, the generosity of Jesus Christ. He said, that was mine, but I'm going to give it to you. And now we are all now sons of God. This is amazing, but we're not just sons of God as though God could manufacture sons, but we are sons of God in regeneration. The Lord God has made us to be born of the Spirit, to be born of the Spirit. So this was all the Lord's, and he has given it to us. I thought that was so amazing. And when I think 
Can we be like Jesus? Absolutely we can be like Jesus because all that he is and all that he has received from the Father, he has now bestowed generously, copiously that upon us. I, I find that very exciting. Can I be like Jesus? Absolutely. We will never be the unique son of God. We cannot be that unique son of God that was eternally in the bosom of the Father. But, but now God, the Father, will have forever and ever a huge company of sons. And I say this, ladies, because you are included. It's not like we're talking about it. He didn't say he will have a huge company of males, but he'll have a huge company of sons. And he'll have, as it were, female sons and male sons forever, people who have now received what God gave to the unique son, and now we have, we'll have billions, God will have billions of them, so that wherever one of us is, there will be a representation of Christ Jesus forever and ever and ever. It is so great. Can we be like Jesus? Amen. You can change the world, but first you must know what God wants. And that's what I would like for us to grasp is that you cannot change the world as it were subjectively, that is through your own filters, through your own lens that you, you see things through. No, you must change the world after realizing and knowing what God wants. Have you taken time to ask God, what do you want from me? So many times we tell God what we want. Have you done that? I've done that. Uh, Lord, I want, I want, I want. But did you ever find out from God what he wants? Why do you exist? Why are you here? Are you here just to gather things, to compete with the world for things? Or are you, are you here just to be happy? Why are you here? And Paul talks about this um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. He says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So God's desire is not to have a complicated gospel. It's not to have even, a, as I would call it, a therapeutic gospel. God is not trying to give us therapy sessions once or twice or three times a week. That's not what this is about. We can be like Jesus. Now, Paul says to the Corinthians, I fear lest somehow, and, and when he uses the word somehow, my mind goes back to my East Texas upbringing, maybe yours, a, a very a different uh, upbringing. But when we would use an expression like that, it meant that there was a bit of a mystery there. And uh, I fear lest somehow, it's not supposed to be, but somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. God's desire was never for us to have a gospel so complicated and so, as it were, from an intellectual perspective that people who had less intellect couldn't get it. God's gospel was to be so simple that it didn't matter who you were, you could understand it. It would come to you in clarity and simplicity. That's what God has always wanted. And so he talks, of, he compares the, the deception of, of Satan to Eve 
uh, to that of corrupting the gospel. So uh, I, I, I looked up uh, the simplicity of the gospel because sometimes these Greek uh, meanings are a little bit different than ours. And what it meant was singleness, our singleness. We have made Christianity about a lot more than God intended. It was intended to be about one man, this a man who is everything, one person who is everything. I remember in the 60s, I mean the 70s, rather in the 80s, people were talking about uh, all the steps. You remember those, those of you who are old enough to remember, they had the seven steps to faith or something like that, or the eight steps to hope, the ten steps to patience, and all this. And so you, we were taking copious notes, man, so, so we could remember all these steps and, and all of these, these uh, methods and all these formulas. We, we, it, was, it was formulaic, the, the preaching was. And we were trying to remember that. And some of you are looking at me and saying, yeah, you were trying to remember them too. You were writing them down. But I always ask the question, what would happen if there were seven steps to faith, and I could only remember six. <laughs> if there were eight steps to hope, and I could only remember seven. What would happen? That means I would have no hope, I'd have no faith. And so I, I said, said, God, this, this is too complicated. This is not what the gospel was meant to be. It's not meant to be so complicated that only the, the, the PhDs could understand it or the, the THDs or whatever, uh, the DDs could understand it. It wasn't meant for that. It was meant that the simplest of us could understand it because, because Jesus Christ is, 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 as it were, simple. He is not complex. He is God of the universe. Every complex thing and difficult thing, as it were, uh, as, as to the order of things, came out of him and from him. But yet he is simple. Listen to what he says. His singleness, it means sincerity. It means uh, without self-seeking. So then God, we don't want to do things for God because we want to be the greatest person on the block. No, I want to be great for God, but not in the sense of well-known by everybody. No, I'm very private. I don't want that, but it's generosity, it's God's bountifulness, it's God's liberality, it's singleness, simplicity. It has to do with, it, it, it carries with it um, a, a, a particle of union. It carries with it union, bringing us into union with God, with God through Jesus Christ. It has to do with uh, being folded together. I told the first service, and some of you are, uh, too well off to know what I'm, ab I'm about to say. It's like when we were kids, we would take a, a slice of bread sometimes. Uh, you know, the loaf was only limited, right? It was limited. And so when a lot of you had eaten, you take a slice of bread. And I know some of you would have put a nice piece of ham on it, but we put bologna on it. We got a little mayonnaise and put some bologna on it. And then you would fold it together. And this simplicity of Christ is like that. It has to be, it's like to be folded together. And so we have been folded together with him. We've been made one with him. And what God wants us to understand, that simplicity. I am who I am. I am. I have what I have because of the simplicity of Christ. I have been folded together. I have gained union with God through that simple process. So this is what God wants. And the, the simplicity of Christ has to do with clarity. 
clarity. Uh, so often, uh, Dr. Zaletti talks about this in, at, at SES from time to time, about how churches are guilty of mission drift. You can, you, you can forget what your mission is, and you drift away from that purpose. Christianity has drifted very far from its purpose. It's not just going to church. Yes, that's a part of it, but it's not just going to church. It's having your life right and having a relationship with this one person, Jesus Christ, and now you've been folded, as it were, together with him. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't have two sandwiches when I took that, that slice of bread with that piece of bologna and mayonnaise on it. I brought them together. It was just one sandwich. And so God, as it were, wants us to be one with Christ in such a dynamic way. That's what Christianity is about. It's not all the things that we have made it. Can I be like Jesus? Absolutely, because God has ordained it so. Let me read one more verse, and then we're, we're going to do something else. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29, this is one of my favorite. If you've ever heard me preach ten times, I've used this one probably five times. You know, I, I love this, the revelation in Colossians chapter uh, 1, verses 26 through 29. He says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed, made known, uncovered to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches, what are the, what's the wealth, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. This is your wealth, Christ in you. These are your riches. This is what makes you rich. Christ in you, he says, the hope of glory, the expectation of glory. So God's desire was to get Christ in you. God knew that once Christ is in a person, Christ is in here, he doesn't come, he doesn't rent us. He's not renting. He owns us. And so once Christ is in you, he says, that's the hope of glory. That's my expectation. Once Christ is in you, you will reach your goal. It's not a possibility of failure. It's not going to. But Paul is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are you doing, Corinthians? You know, what are you doing here? You know, don't ever be deceived uh, and led astray or corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. You want deep, deep, deep things? You can't get deeper than the Son of God. You can't get, can you imagine where Jesus here, he would hear in his uh, body, in his body that he has now, right now, he's in heaven with a body, a B-O-D-Y, a body. Jesus has a body in heaven. And, if, and it, where Jesus, just look at a man, a, a woman here, and look at this person and say, could this universe come out of that person? That's exactly who Jesus is. And all of us came as it were, out of that person. We were formed out of that person. Everything that we see in this whole universe and that, that we cannot see. I, I saw some uh, photographs from, uh, from this new telescope they have. I'm telling you, if you don't believe in God, you're crazy. Can I say that again? If you don't believe in God, you're crazy. You don't have anything to say to anybody else. And that's just a, that not even the tip of the iceberg. Are you still with me? And so what Paul speaks here, this amazing mystery that was hidden from ages, eons and eons, and from generations, you know, uh, mom, dad, 
uh, or grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, whatever. It was hidden from, from uh, generations. It was hidden from ages, and God wanted you to know. That is, I know I overuse the word amazing. I could use other words, but it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's marvelous. It, it, it's astounding that God wanted you to know this. He, re, he did not reveal it to the Old Testament prophets, but he revealed it to the New Testament uh, apostles and prophets that you and I would know this amazing mystery, Christ in you. And then Paul says to the Colossians, him we preach. Now listen, every preaching, sometimes we don't like it when preachers do that tell y'all preaching. I'm not much of a tell y'all preacher now. Uh, if, I, I rarely ever do that, rarely ever. I tell you, truth is tough sometimes. But when I was growing up, I mean, preachers told you off. You know what I mean? No, you young people, look at give us an example. You know, so they would just say, you're coming to church here after you've been doing such and such a thing. And they call it out. You know, you're on the telephone gossiping. And they tell you, you know, that's not right. And, could, and you're wearing these old raggedy clothes. You know I mean, they tell you, just tell you off. Go to church. I don't do that. But, but there is an element of warning in the gospel. You cannot get away from warning. If you want to go to a church where you're never warned like Paul is warning the Corinthians and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicities in Christ. Wait a minute. Something is happening out of the ordinary. Something that should not be. Wait a minute. Church, wait a minute. You are what church? See, the, the church today is all mixed up in crazy stuff. And they'll get mad at you if you're not mixed up with them. You know, he says there's a warning to the gospel. There must be a warning to the gospel. You say, but I thought you said we were saved. I did say you were saved. But if you are saved forever, there, there is fruit that says that. And I'm trying to get you into the fruit area, the produce area. There's a warning. He says that we're warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man. He's speaking of every person perfect in Christ, complete in Christ. Usually with this, this is all done with, with pleasure, uh, with expectation, with confidence, with faith, and with hope. This is what he wants. And so Paul says, to this end I also labor, striving according to the working which works in me mightily. And so what God wants to do with us, we can be like Christ, but God, God's energy, the Spirit of God, works in you mightily. This is what God wants from us today so that we might be world changers, that we might be truly the people of God. Can you be like Jesus? Yes, absolutely. You can be like Jesus. Father, thank you so much. Paul says he wants to bring everybody and present them perfect in Christ. And so I want to thank you for that. Paul's desire is that every believer would be complete uh, mentally and morally. That, that Paul says that he wanted them to reach full age and to know what it's like to be totally mature. 
So I ask you, God, to do that for everybody under the sound of my voice today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you the glory and the honor. Thank you. Amen.